First impression, Werner Herzog. Boxers is like third on the list. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Two Woke Nerds Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all of the places where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Raymond and I. You can also connect with us on social media at Two Woke Nerds on Twitter. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week. Like I am every time we grace your airwaves. And I'm joined by a man who will be just as involved in the new Star Wars franchise as Benny Weiss, Raymond Summerlin. Ray, how are you? Game of Thrones fans send their regards. <laughs> Has there ever been better news for us? No, not not really. So I was um I was facilitating a, a training at work. That's what I do for my day job. And I saw this news on my phone and I also saw somebody else at like the back of the room, like their face lit up. And so on the next break, I was like, were you on Twitter? (laughs) And we both confirmed. And so then I made Reigns of Castamere jokes for the rest of like the time we (laughs) had together. Love it. Can can you imagine if they got called into a meeting with Kathy Kennedy and like the door (laughs) shut and Reigns of Castamere started playing? That's how I've imagined that it happened. That is in my head. This is everything I hope happen like and it's hilarious because it came what like a like it was like a week after they did an interview in which they basically went yeah we didn't really know what we were doing we just kind of got lucky (laughs) we downplayed the fantasy elements because we didn't understand it like and i don't know if this was there's there's like internet rumors um joanna robinson who writes for a couple of different outlets basically said that they were fired in may but like disney didn't announce it because they wanted to let them find something else, but they landed this like massive deal with Netflix. So, like, I don't know how much of that is true, but my wife, bless her heart, like when I sent that to her, she sent me one of the funniest things that I have ever seen in my life. Especially, um, my wife like makes me laugh out loud all the time. I was at work and it, it sucked. I had to explain it. Is she sent me when I sent her the link about it was framed as they left. She said, "If they'll cheat on you, if they'll cheat with you, they'll cheat on you." Game of Thrones deserves better. Absolutely. 100%. I, I don't know what else to say about that. So let's be clear about the timeline of events here. Let's be very clear about what happened. Benioff and Weiss rushed the final two, for no reason, by the way, because HBO oh, would have done it. HBO, hold on, yeah. HBO would have done it forever, but they rushed the final two seasons of Game of Thrones. They rushed the pivotal ending they created themselves all of the pacing issues that led to the fan backlash. Because, again, the fan backlash is not about the ending. It's about how we got there. They did all of that so they could get to a Star Wars job that they have now been fired from. I'm sorry, from which they have now been fired. That is... (laughs) It's just chef kiss. It's perfect. It's just perfect. I like how you corrected your grammar there to make sure that you drove the point home. Like that felt just just really good. So I I, don't, I didn't want that to be my I didn't want that to be my coffee cup. That was good. That was re- very good. Like I don't I don't even know like 
what's going on with Star Wars at this point. Like, if it's not Star Wars TV that's going to be on Disney Plus, I don't know what's going on. Because we've got Mandalorian. Disney Plus lands, what, next week, right? So Super excited about that. First episode of The Mandalorian, the Obi-Wan TV show, which is also funny. We haven't talked about this, how Ewan McGregor confirmed without confirming that Obi-Wan was supposed to be a movie, and then they made it a TV show when the nerds shot themselves in the foot because they were upset that there were women generals in uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> like, like, good, jo- good, good job, nerds. Thanks. Good job. Yes. Good, good job. No, so... I, there's, I don't know what's going on with Star Wars. Feige's apparently coming over to produce something. Kathy Kennedy's still around. I I don't know, like... Do we know what, what Favreau's doing? Like, do, do we still know what Favreau's doing? I have no idea. I got nothing. Are we supposed to know? Like, I don't know. I haven't heard, like, do you remember hearing that he was going to do something and then I, like, haven't heard anything since? Well, he's been involved in The Mandalorian. Like, that's been... Is Solo 2 ever going to happen? No, I guess not. Uh, probably not. I think they're probably done with the the interquels. Like, I don't, I don't know what, like, I don't know. I Again, right, I, I have no clue what's going on with Star Wars. Like, none, none whatsoever. Like, uh, but yeah, so he's, he's EP on The Mandalorian, um, but that's like that's his big thing. Cause, again, <sighs> I thought he was directing something. I don't. Not that we can see. Not that I can see. Not not that I've found. But you don't have John Favreau and not have him direct something, right? Like that's that would be my impression. So I yeah I don't know what's going on either. But I mean that actually leads us into our first kind of first thing we're talking about though. The Mandalorian does look cool. So yeah. I guess that's good news, right? Yeah, we got our final trailer for The Mandalorian. We finally got to hear his voice. Uh, he, he talked more than he had in any other trailer, which was all of, of what, three words, two words? Yeah, so, something um, like that, yeah. We still just – Werner Herzog is is <laughs> the songbird of a generation. Um, I can't get over it. Like, I can't get over that he's, like, just in this show. It's just so random to me. I don't know why. It's just the weirdest thing. Because, like, I thought he had reached the point of in his career where we were just all, like, like we were all just, like, ironically in on, on, on Werner Herzog. Like, he was going to make ironic uh, appearances in, like, Parks and Rec and uh, the Boondocks and all that fun stuff. And we were just going to get excited about it. And now he's just, like, the voice, like, a serious voice in this show. And for some reason, I can't get over it. One, I love that Werner Herzog is just like, I'm just doing this. Like, I want to do it. But I think what we got got from that trailer is, like, it's going to be, it feels like, at least to me, a pretty, like, insular tale. Like, it's going to be focused primarily in one spot, in one area, um, and it's not going to be a job of the week situation where it's all going to be focused in, you know, it's, it, it's, again, it's, like, what, five years after Return of the Jedi, I think, is where it's, like, the timeline it's set. And so it's, like, between the Empire and the First Order, uh, so I... Again, it's a, it's a it looks like a western to me. It looks like your lone gunslinger western starring you know, Pedro pa- right uh, Pedro Pascal as your as your lead. I'm in Gina Carlo Esposito as your uh, or excuse me Gus Fring as your villain. Like, Thank what you. more do you need? Yeah, it looks cool, and they even have like the western. Apparently, we got from this trailer. We have the western motif of something something bad happened to his family, and that's kind of what led him into 
this this life. So yeah, no, I, I I think it's cool. I as I continue to say, I don't think I would buy, I don't I wouldn't buy Disney Plus for this show. But if I'm going to get to see this show on someone else's Disney Plus, I'm going to be really happy to watch it. That's kind of where I sit with it. I I completely understand that. I this again, this is not. I was already in on Disney Plus. Like again, I have a two year old, so like Disney is kind of where we live our lives right now. Like all of the Disney junior content, but also like the Mandalorian. And they just announced that, um, end game will be streaming on it day and date of release. So like for me that again, this is just icing on the cake, but it looks incredible. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch it. I'm like, I simultaneously love and am annoyed that they're doing a week by week release of it. But that's just because like, I would just probably end up losing a weekend to this, but it's college football season. And that's one of my other, other jobs. So maybe it's good that they don't release this. So I don't stay up to like three in the morning watching the Mandalorian. Can we talk about that idea for a second? So have they figured it out yet? Because it's been this battle. And now that we're getting like deep into the streaming wars as it, as it were, then we need Yoda on here to say the streaming wars have begun. So the, uh, so the, but so now that we're getting deep into the streaming wars, have they figured out if the Netflix or Hulu model works best? Have they figured out if the Hulu Weekly or the Netflix drop it all at the same time works best? That'd be interesting. I'd love to see the data on that. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know because like the Netflix model, or at least the traditional Netflix model, because they've done some stuff like GBBS that it's like weekly. But but that's because they're actually running it at the same time as the show is running, which is something they hadn't yeah. done in the past. For sure. So I think there is because you create like an event around a show because like you'll go to work, you'll go to the office, you'll stand at the water cooler and Kathy from accounting. Be like, did you watch Stranger Things this weekend? Like, so it becomes a thing, right? I feel like Kathy's a real person, you know, I, I do not know. I don't work with a Kathy. I don't. Um, <laughs> that's just Kathy's the random office person name I pick for everything. Uh, because I've never met a Kathy at my day job, and so I feel comfortable that if I say something offensive, it won't get back to Kathy because Kathy doesn't exist. Um, so, uh, God, that was a tangent. No, so uh, that event thing is cool, except for people like us who are busy. Like, and that doesn't work for me. Where like I can't devote seven hours to watch Stranger Things in a weekend. I need, so like the episodic works for, I think busy people who want to be a part of the conversation where it's like, yeah, I'll watch one episode a week. I'll stay up an extra hour. Like like Sundays, I'm staying up an extra hour after my wife and kid go to sleep to watch Watchmen, which we'll talk about later on. But who watches the watch? No. So the, um, so I like, I'm in this situation too. I think that I like the episodic better because like, for instance, so I'm just now finishing Peaky Blinders, even though Peaky Blinders has been out for three weeks, four weeks, a month, something like that. And it, by the way, Peaky Blinders is just great. It's just amazing. So you know, watch Peaky Blinders. But I, if it had been episodic, I bet that I would have started it right at the beginning, like I did with Watchmen and like I did with His Dark Materials and so on and so forth. And I also think that Whereas it's an event with Stranger Things where you get everybody's talking about it for July 4th weekend and maybe the week after that, you don't get the sustained kind of interest that you get with something like Watchmen, which is going to dominate, or even like bad shows like Westworld. So Westworld's not a good television show, but like it dominates it dominates conversation for 
for the whatever 10 weeks that it's on on Reddit and, and people who care about those things. So I, I kind of like that they're doing the the weekly. I think that, I don't know, it seems like it's it's easier to digest and I think that the conversations are easier to have because you don't have to be like, what episode are you on? What episode are you on? I like it better, but I don't know if that's the data supports that. I'd be really interested to know. Me too. And I think for me, the the advantage of the episodic and why I like it is because there's a point where I get so far removed from the zeitgeist that I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. I don't got anybody to talk to about this. Yeah, like I've got nobody exactly. to talk to about this. So why am I going to watch it? So for, for me, like if, again, if I'm too far behind, like, my wife and I, this is going to be my don't sleep is like, we just started watching Jack Ryan because they released the second season and we never watched the first season. So like I am now 17 episodes behind it. Like, do I really want to do this? Which the answer is kind of, we'll talk the about The answer that is later. no for Jack Ryan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So our, our right. so switching models from episodic to dropping all at once Netflix released the latest, the last trailer, probably not the last trailer because we've still got like a month, for The Witcher, starring Henry Cavill Superman as uh, Geralt of Rivia. And one of the things that we saw in this trailer, Ray, we'll discuss it, is that they intentionally put in there, based on the best-selling novels, the best-selling book series, not the video game series. So they're very much hitching their wagons to the books rather than the video games, even though the video games are at least in the United States, way more popular than Scandinavian uh, fantasy novels. Yeah. Like I don't get that. I, I don't get that at all. Like the people you're trying to attract to this show are the video game people, right? Like I, I'm I'm deeply confused by that, but I think the thing we need to talk about is that it looks cool. It doesn't look like I, when we first started talking about this show that they were making this show. The question that I had was: Is it going to look like a well-produced show, or is it going to look like uh, in the name of the king, random, random bad fantasy sci-fi with Ray Liotta? Right. So it's which is that would be a genre if if blockbuster video still existed. And I worked at a blockbuster video. <laughs> I would one, have a, one that still exists. I would have a genre. I would have a genre section that would be Ray Liotta sci-fi, and that would be the extent of it. And I would be very excited about it. But the but yeah. So anyway, so that was the question. And when we watch this, it looks like it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty cool. Like it looks great. The you know the sets look great. The fighting looks cool. Like everything looks cool. The problem is. And this is something that we have suspected for some time, including his time in Mission Impossible, which was saved because he loaded his arms before he punched somebody in a bathroom, which is still one of the... He loaded he loaded a pocket onto his shirt. But anyway, you should go and find that, by the way. <laughs> he, he, he grows a pocket when he loads. But anyway, so... Which is awesome. But Superman, he might not be a very good actor. Yeah, my so my wife and I were my wife and I watched it together. I'm not allowed to watch trailers without her. Uh, apparently, at this point in my life, so um, are you cocking your arms right now, Ray? I yeah, didn't know yeah. what was happening. It was good. It was good. Uh, <laughs> it's, I was seeing if a pocket showed up. It it did. It's magic. That's how you grow a pocket. Apparently, no. So we were talking, and my, like both of our feelings were we loved everything about this except for when Henry Cavill was on screen, which is problematic because he's the lead. 
And some of it, like Henry Cavill doing action stuff, all about yeah, that life. 100%. Henry Cavill trying to have emotional conversations with somebody? I don't know. Probably not is is really what, what I want to say. Now, I, I'm probably – I have this like – I've been yearning for some like high fantasy stuff. And, and again, depending on how you define high fantasy um, – it could be this could be both high and low fantasy because there are four different definitions for each of those terms. Um, I I've been yearning for like like fantasy and medieval fantasy specifically, so I'll probably end up watching it. I'm taking some time off around Christmas anyway, so I'll probably just be like, ah, whatever. We'll watch these ten episodes. Why not? So like, I'm I'm excited for it because I think of what it offers because there's not a lot of this out there right now. I watched Iron Fist, so. Like, <laughs> so you've watched some bad stuff. So I've watched some questionable things uh, by English. We knew that already. <laughs> Fair enough. So hold on. I You sent us a video of eight minutes of slap fighting that you watched the other day. <laughs> so don't come at, so don't come at me about the way I spend my time. Fair. So, but yeah, no, like that's the thing is that, We've watched some like bad, bad acting and like made our way through it to to because it's something that we enjoyed, right? And so yeah, we're gonna watch Witcher, obviously, but it it's a concern. Let's just say that it's a concern what we've seen so far in these trailers. Because we've been watching some really good acting and other things that are kind of in the in the same area, right? Sci-fi and fantasy generally get lumped into the same genre like when you're looking for books or for movies right it's like sci-fi fantasy i'm like those are different but whatever yeah um so they get so we've been seeing some really good stuff and i think i think my biggest issue is that the the production of the show looks so incredible like the production looks really really good and and so it's it's going to be i think even more so disappointing in if the if the acting of the lead is what drags a show down, that looks so incredible everywhere else. I think that's going to be the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah, no, that's kind of where I am. But yeah, as I said, Netflix doesn't care because we'll watch it. Where they've already got my dollar increasing every month for the rest of my life. It's, it's just like at some point, I'm just like, it's too hard to cancel it. How, in 2040, how much do you think we'll be paying a month to Netflix? We'll be paying $35 a month for Netflix, and we'll still be paying it. We're just like, ah, eh, whatever. It's just another dollar. Do you think they're just going to start taking, like, f- our fingers knuckle by knuckle? Like, do you think that that's going to be – you just have to walk up. It'll be like a cigar cutter machine, and you just walk up and stick a finger in there, and oh, there it goes. <laughs> that, that's my Netflix subscription. Yeah, I think the only thing that, like – gives me pause with that is if Disney plus like cuts into their number, something fierce. Yeah. If they can't compete with $8 a month, you're like, well, maybe we do need to cut back. I don't know. We'll see, but they, they may end up going the blockbuster route and just steering into the same curve that they have been and not changing with the times and running themselves into the ground, which is what they did to to blockbuster. Be sweet. Irony. That'd be sweet. Irony. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Speaking of not learning from history and history repeating itself, Raymond and I both have dove into Watchmen. So we're going to give you a bi-weekly Watchmen update. So we're three episodes in and there's a lot to unpack. And I don't, I don't know 
where we want. So there's been two conversations around Watchmen where there are people that have been in from episode one, like you and I. And then there's a group of people that were kind of wishy-washy for the first two episodes. And then episode three dropped and they're like, yep, I'm all in. And I think either way, we're both all in and I'm kind of in love with this show. So are we doing spoilers? Should we say? Uh, yes. So if you haven't, if you're not up to speed with Watchmen, uh, go ahead and take a break, watch it. If you don't, I'll email you Raymond's HBO. Go log in. No, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And you can catch up. So let's go ahead and spoiler alert in three, two, one spoilers, right? Go ahead. They ended an episode of this show. With Lou Gossett Jr. being magneted into the air by something in a car. And they ended the next episode of the show with that car being thrown at Lori Blake. What is going on? Like, what is happening? That is a... They did the brick joke at three different levels, Raymond. It's They did the brick joke in three... Like, that's how dense this show is. Is that they did a brick joke while doing a brick joke while telling a brick joke. Like, it's ridiculous. It's so good. And I love it. Like, this show is so good. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like, the thing that pops up to my head first is having having Lori be the character, like the legacy character that you're really going to be talking to. Ozymandias aside, because I don't that's know. That's a what whole other conversation. That's a different television show. Um, Lindelof described it as like the intermission, like the Wiley e. Coyote intermission, because that's essentially <laughs> what it is. Like it's just like you're in this like heavy moment, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> we're in this English country estate with Jeremy Irons. You're like, what's going on now? He's he's trebucheting a clone of some kind into into space. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a I, I could talk a, I could talk a lot about what's going on with Ozymandias, but we get we'll, no. We'll, I, we'll, yeah, we have th- I have theories about that too, but I, I they might be spoilery, so I don't want to do them. But uh, like for moving forward, but let's talk about Lori. So having Lori come back, having her be Lori Blake, having her take her father's the comedian's last name, have her take on a at least outward persona, which is very similar to his outward persona and what she has, but then also showing the mother's side of her as well, that her she is very much still her mother's daughter. And having her kind of come into this situation and try to push around Regina King and Regina King going, nah, I don't play that. And, and like pushing right back against her. And now we're going to have these two women just going at it. Uh, for for a several episodes, which is until you know they figure out they're on the same side, I would assume, like that that whole episode three was just was just great. It was just perfect. We learned, like even if you didn't know who that character was, you learned everything you need to know about that character in that show without some idiot at a bar sitting there and saying, "Well, let me tell you what you know about Lord, what you need to know about Laurie Blake." Like it was just it's fantastic. It's just great television. Absolutely. And and the performances were so strong. You could tell, at least in some of her performance, that she didn't even believe all of the like she didn't even believe her own tough person persona. Like there were spots where it was like she's clear she's she's acting like she's acting and it was it was just very and again, I can't say I can't find effusive enough words 
to talk about how good Regina King is. Like I cannot, there are not the right words to talk about how good Regina King is. And the fact that when they, when they were talking and marketing this show, Lindelof didn't describe it as a sequel, but a remix. And I didn't quite understand that. And now I get it where it's playing off of all of the themes of the original show who or the original comic book who watches the Watchmen, and, and what is it? What is the true nature of her, uh, her heroism and what kind of person puts on a mask and can really moralize themselves as understanding and being an arbiter of true morality and true North it. And, but they're talking about it in different contexts through a different lens, uh, the lens of race relations and kind of police and, and that whole thing. So, like I'm, I I cannot speak enough. And the fact that it's talking a lot about generational kind of baggage is it was a big theme through the last couple of episodes. Because again, spoilers, you find out that uh, Regina King is Lou Gossett's great granddaughter. I think is what the relation was. Granddaughter, great granddaughter. I think there's, granddaughter. I think yeah. Granddaughter. So you find that out. So there's obviously going to be like finding something like that out about yourself kind of changes how you view yourself. Right. Um, you know that, so there's that same thing goes for Lori Blake. And if you read some of the supplemental materials, so I don't know if you've seen this Ray, but Petey, the Petey, the character from yeah. episode three, he, they have like supplemental materials that HBO is putting out on PDpedia about the history and the backstory of these characters. Um, and so Lori, Lori Blake doesn't just take her father's last name, but when she and Night Owl kind of go back to fighting crime, she calls herself the comedian. Oh, wow. And so like she fully takes on that persona. So it is a um, it's it's a very much her trying to lean into that where at the end of the comic she was very much shying away from that trying to have a normal life. And so this is this is a very natural place for her to land and there's a lot I just, it's so dense. Like it's hard for me to unpack it in, in the short amount of time we have. Yeah. Like there's just so much. And, uh, like for instance, Senator, uh, Senator Keen, right? Yeah. Who I, who I assume is in some way related to the Keen act. Uh, he's, he's his son. Is he his son? Uh, so he says we, maybe we can get your other owl at too, which is just a nice nod that maybe we're going to meet other legacy characters in the future so that's fascinating as well so like there's just there's so much going on here we already know from some of the you know scenes from next week or the scenes from the future that we're going to see dr manhattan at some point obviously you know they've been holding that over over us the entire three episodes so like it's it's interesting where it's going i i have my theories i assume you do about about veet and where he is and what he's doing and who the game warden is and all that fun stuff. And so, like, it, there's just so much here. It's so dense. They've done so much in three episodes. And and now they have six more. Like, where where we're going is just, it's exciting. It really is exciting. Keeping with the remix theme, I really think that what's going on, like, I think we're going to find out that Keen is very much going to be a again spoilers like the secret villain where he has been playing 
this in the background. And I think Judd very much was his accomplice, much like, or at least Judd knew what was going on, much like the comedian did. Like, if we're looking at assigning characters from the original, then Judd is very clearly the comedian. I think uh, Keen is very much so the Ozymandias character, uh, who you think is a, is a... It's even down to, like, the assassination attempt, right? Yeah. Like, that's a thing that happened in episode three. So I think that you've got there. And so I think Ozymandias on wherever he is in this English countryside is the black freighter, the, the kind of parallel tale that intersects and tells the story in a different way. And so we can talk, I mean, we could talk about the, what's going on with him because I think that uh, he's probably in prison on Mars with Dr. Manhattan uh, is what I think is happening. And I think his inner, like his interludes take place over several years, which is why you see the, the birthday is. cake. The cakes. Yeah. 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 The cakes are, like I would be shocked if the cakes aren't showing us that we're seeing his birthday every year and what it, it, his progression and what he's managed to do. Uh, I don't know about Mars because he's trebucheting people into space. Uh, that might be the moon, but either way, either way, I I think that that is definitely what's happened. He has been imprisoned by Doctor Manhattan, and that is why that's why the play was there. That's why he's fascinated with Doctor Manhattan. I read a Reddit theory that he might be even trying to recreate the experiment that led to Dr. Manhattan, which would be fascinating. I, I would be in for that. But I think that all of this has happened prior to the events of this show. And I think yep. that that's going to be what, what we, what we see. So, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I think that that storyline and where that's going to end up is great, but I do just think that the, that's what's going to be great about this is that just the real life, normal people storylines and not normal people, obviously, but you know, Gene smart and, and Regina King. So, you know, Lori Blake and sister Knight, their interaction, I think is going to be the end up being the backbone of the show and them kind of unraveling this. Like they're going to be, they're going to be the duo that unravels this. I don't know who Rorschach's going to be yet, but that is, that's going to be, I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm really in. I think they're positioning Looking Glass in some ways to be the Rorschach character. He's wearing his Looking Glass mask at home. He even does the thing where he like lifts up the mask above his mouth to eat beans out of a can that's very like stripped straight from the comic. So I think Looking Glass is probably pretty close to what we'll get from him. But I again, I don't even know. But I don't know what's going on, but I'm so glad it's happening, and I'm loving every minute of it. It's the best way that I can describe Watchmen. But that brings us to your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment, Don't Sleep On It. So, Ray, what can the good folks not sleep on this week? You know, I haven't really thought about it, and I I, I should have probably thought about it ahead of time. Peaky Blinders is, is great. Uh, Watchmen is great. I watched the first episode of His Dark Materials. I was... I was intrigued by the fact that it could have been a shot-for-shot remake of the first 15 minutes of the movie, The Golden Compass. And that seemed interesting to me because of how how flat The Golden Compass fell for audiences. So I don't know why they decided to do that, but that's, that's neither here nor there. We still haven't seen probably the most problematic part of His Dark Materials, and that is Lynn manuel Miranda uh, play, and so he's going to show up at some point, and I don't know how I'm going to handle that. So I I have a lot of caution about that show, but it is HBO, and it's cool source material, 
So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and we'll we'll kind of see, and Daffy Keen is awesome. So I'm gonna go through and kind of see where we end up there. Yeah, it's it's on my list. It's impossible for me to watch stuff on the weekdays just because I've got like the side hustle and the kid and all those things. So it's it's on my like Saturday while everybody takes a nap list kind of situation. So I'll probably end up watching a couple episodes in a row. Uh, but my don't sleep is I picked up uh, the Amazon series Jack Ryan and I have been pleasantly surprised through three episodes. Like how? I think because I didn't know what to expect. And so it's, it does this interesting mix of like slow burn for 35 minutes. And then the last like seven, eight minutes is like action. And I guess that's going to be their formula moving forward. I'm assuming. So, but I, I mean, it's, it's not, I don't know. This, this is going to sound super reductive. It feels like what my parents' favorite CBS, like, week-to-week serialized shows want to be and what they think they are. So I think it's a better, more refined version of that. And you know what? At this point where I'm at right now, I'm kind of down for that. So your argument for Jack Ryan, which, by the way, that those last seven minutes of action, that's a trick. That's a trick to let you continue to watch the show. But you, 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 your argument is that this show is kind of like a better Blue Bloods. That is your argument for Jack Ryan. Yeah. Aside from the fact that it doesn't star Tom Selleck, so I don't know how it could be better Blue Bloods. But, like, that is... All right, man. You live your... You live your dad dreams. Like, <laughs> that show's bad. It is not good. And, <laughs> and I like Jim from The Office as much as anybody. But that show is not good. First of all, you're going to get a text from Mario who doesn't listen to the show, who's going to be super offended that you are uh, that you're trashing a show that he absolutely loves. Um, he also the, loves uh, Pacific Rim, so I feel like I'm on, and Battleship. I feel like I'm on the right side of this. So, first of all, the original Pacific Rim was fun, but <laughs> I will not let you slander the good name of Wendell Pierce. I won't let it happen. I won't stand no, for it. He's great. Yeah, the show. Wendell just Pierce bad. is incredible. <laughs> the show's just bad. You know what? Let me have my let me have my serialized. I am I do still kind of have an issue with Jim being an action star, but that's just a whole nother whole another conversation. But that's all we've got so, for you. So when are Go you ahead. gonna start watching NCIS uh Vancouver or NCIS Tacoma? Like when is the next when are you gonna start watching those shows? Uh, I'm going home for Thanksgiving, so probably <laughs> I'll end up watching those with my parents one night who have the TV turned up way too loud. That's what we that's what we do. That's what we do. Blue Bloods, whatever. I think like SVU is the only Law and Order that's still on, right? I don't I know. That's the only one? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not 100 years old, so I don't know. I do, I do know Blue Bloods, though. I, I can't. I've never watched Blue Bloods, but it always comes on. Like, and I, so when it comes on during a football commercial, I'm like, oh, there's Tom Selleck. And so it like, catches my attention. So my favorite thing going right now, I haven't watched it, but I love the concept that NBC has the shared universe across its Chicago shows. Well, they've yeah, got like yeah. Chicago Fire and Chicago Police and Chicago Ambulance, presumably. Like, and so they will occasionally have crossover episodes. Yeah. Which and I they think always like advertise them. They always advertise the, the crap out of them during football yeah. games. Like, like the that Chicago I've... event. <laughs> it's a Chicago event. 
All right, champ. All right. I don't know what else. But that's all we've got for you this week. Ray, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter, at RM Summerlin. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter, at Two Woke Nerds. You can shoot us an email, twowokenerds at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We'll be back in two weeks. And until next time, stay woke. Stay woke.